It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Surface. Now more than ever, you need a laptop that can be as adaptable as you are. Introducing Microsoft Surface Laptop Go. Finally, a premium laptop at an affordable price. Starting at just $549, its light, thin design, vibrant touchscreen, powerful processor, and built-in HD camera and mic turns any room in your home into a classroom, office, or study hall. Available in three amazing colors the whole family will love. Visit surface.com slash laptop go for more details. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You're locked on Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. I'm Daniel, your host, and so happy to bring you your team every day. And this episode is brought to you by SeatGeek, sponsor of Locked On Warriors and great way to buy and sell tickets. You can use the promo code LOWARRIORS for a $20 rebate on your first order. The Warriors got another home win. Seems like they've been home for the entire month of January. They did have that road game against Sacramento. They won eventually comfortably over the Detroit Pistons. Final score was 127-107. It was actually only a two-point game at halftime and then an absolutely massive 41 to 19 third quarter run really sealed it. They played good defense during that stretch, also just hit a ton of different shots. And early on, one of the big issues that the Warriors were having was the Pistons just being active on the offensive glass. Andre Drummond had a couple second chance points. He ended up with 11 in the, or I think it was 10 maybe in the first half, which was a lot considering his limited offensive game, actually had a couple of nice hook shots too. And in the second half, they really toned that down. Drummond had, I believe, two points in the second half and the Pistons couldn't get their shot going. That was actually a bigger issue in the first half than the second, even though it got a lot of, it got a lot of attention in the second, just because they kept on missing, but they ended up, they ended the game six for 28 on threes, just 21.4% further juxtaposed by the Warriors shooting a ridiculous 15 to 29, 51.7%, making up a, you know, even more than the difference in points in the game. And on top of that, even though the Warriors didn't use Hacka, the Pistons still do draw a fair amount of fouls. The foul margin in terms of made free throws was only three. So not that big a margin there. Curry had a great first quarter. He was I mean, beyond the six turnovers, which was was kind of shocking, but he he was making shots, more pull-ups. So going along with the podcast that I did yesterday about what's different with Steph Curry's shot, he regressed to the mean in that way a little bit today. I don't have the specific stats on it, but he definitely looked more comfortable as well, which is something that you always look for because when a player is, is anomalous in any real way, you want to see if there's any sort of reason. His mechanics looked completely fine in this game as they usually do. The shots just went in tonight and haven't earlier this season. So that is something to track moving forward. Something that was I, I found particularly interesting in this game, and I talked about this a little bit after the Heat game, and it was also a subject conversation before this one and then and then after, was the Warriors, Coach Kerr, staying with that idea of playing Curry and Durant more together in the first and third quarters and then going to a Draymond Green-led second unit, basically replacing Durant in that unit that starts the second and the fourth quarters, and 
they did not, in my opinion, they did not do as well in this game as they did in Sacramento or in Miami. Some of that is due to the surrounding talent. I mean, the the Pistons just, they have some good defensive guys. They can work at it. They also have a few players who can hit shots. They didn't have a ton of them coming off the bench in this one, but they do. And David West had some had some bad stretches with Boban also, so that was a part of the story. But it's significant because it's something new that the Warriors are trying, and so I decided to ask Coach Kerr about it after the game. So here's the full question and answer. This was the second game in a row with more minutes with Curry and Durant together and then Draymond with that second and fourth quarter lineup. How did you think both sides of that equation looked today? I thought it looked pretty good. Um, you know, it's uh, I think that... Uh, a group to start the, the second and fourth with Draymond. Um, there's not as much scoring on the floor, but uh, we, we have an, a kind of an extra gear defensively that I like. And then uh, I think it's been good to, to explore, you know, Steph and, and KD playing together a little bit more in the first and the third. Um, uh, you know, it's it's a they've been they, they obviously play together quite a bit, but to play them when Draymond's on the bench gives it. A, a different look gives the offense a little different look, and so it's just something we're kind of experimenting with. And uh, but I, I think so far it's gone pretty well. He was more positive on it in this game than I was, but overall it's certainly worth trying. I am not going to knock experimentation when it is done in this sort of a way, especially when the stakes are not that high. In this game and the Miami game, the Warriors ended up winning, as they did in the Kings game, though that wasn't really experimentation; that was necessity, being the mother of invention, and. I didn't ask Draymond Green about it, but somebody else did, and I thought his answer was really interesting. It's it's a long answer, and I wasn't originally going to include the whole thing, but he reached a point in kind of the later part of it that I thought was, was fascinating and wanted to talk about, so I'm going to put the whole thing in. You were on the bench uh, for quite a while in the third quarter while Steph and, and, and Kevin were out there together, and, and Steve has talked about trying to get more minutes with Kevin and Steph together. I mean, can you see that as being a productive thing? And uh, what did you think about that little stretch? Um, well, we've been doing it for a couple of games now, actually. It, it happened kind of by mistake. Um, in SAC, I got in foul trouble, so I came out, and KD stayed in the rest of that quarter, and I started the second half, I mean the second quarter. And it was like, oh, man, like I like this lineup out here. And, you know, we played well together, so we like, yo, let's – Let's keep. Let's try that lineup again, and so we tried it again last game, and it was pretty good for us. Although the, the difference was Clay wasn't there, and so like yo, we want to try that again. And today, I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good for us again. So we're just doing what we've been doing all year, experimenting with different lineups, seeing what lineups work best, what rotations work best, um, how this group is defensively, how it is offensively, and you know, just really experimenting with it. So. You know, it's been we've been trying it for three games now. I'm sure we'll continue to try it on Monday, but it's been it's definitely been good, I think. And you know, I've enjoyed the rotation. It's been fun for me uh, getting an opportunity to play with other guys. Like I hadn't played with David much, um, so you know, getting an opportunity to play with him also is it's been good. I'm um, getting an opportunity to play with everybody because in the playoffs the rotations won't be this. So I think it's good to have that opportunity to kind of get to know guys that you know, you'll possibly be without there at any moment in the playoffs. It can be hard to remember in the sense that players are moving around and everything that there are configurations and player combinations that don't get used very often. And I'd been talking with a couple of different writers about the idea that 
David West had not played very much with either Draymond or Steph Curry just because of the way that the rotations worked out, the fact that West plays a vast majority of his minutes at the beginning of the second and fourth quarters, which is scheduled rest for both of those guys. And Draymond seemed legitimately excited about playing with West, somebody who I'm sure he was very happy joined the team. And when they weren't facing Boban, they did pretty well together. My biggest issue with that configuration is the lack of scoring. And that gets into something that Draymond talked about towards the end, which is that he feels the real configuration there is with Clay. And I agree with him because you need that shooting in Clay's itchy trigger finger to make a lot of that work. Because otherwise, it's not only too many guys who aren't comfortable shooting threes, but Ian Clark and Clay are not the same guys right now. And Thompson's confidence, his gravity, is just puts it in a different place. And also, that unit, they've done this pretty well with Durant and West, but Draymond and West, if they were to go to this more often, could develop some nice pick-and-pop chemistry or something like that, because in this game, most of the Detroit bigs, all the ones who played in the relevant minutes of this game, Baines is a little bit better on this, don't really like getting too far out of the lane. And David West, when he plays at center, can take advantage of that. He is smaller and bigger guys can can wield that against him when David West on defense, but on offense, he has a nice little shooting pocket that he could get basically constantly against a true center. And I still want to see more of West at power forward. I was actually excited at the beginning of the fourth quarter when I thought that they were going to have West and JaVale McGee together because JaVale had had one of his better games, had some nice defensive stretches on Boban and that matchup actually makes some sense because Boban's not going to beat him to the spot or anything like that. And, and JaVale can recover well because he has more length and quickness than Boban. So makes some sense there. And instead of it being those two together, Kerr went back to the idea of Draymond anchoring that second unit with, with JaVale. So it was the, 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 at the four and the five. So that is something to watch moving forward. I have been a fairly staunch advocate for the idea of seeing if the Warriors can put together a five-man lineup without any of their four potential all-stars. I'm not counting Zaza on that. Sorry, Zaza. That is capable and that can actually function. Presumably for me, that would be Livingston, McCaw, or Clark, Andre Guadalla, David West, and whatever center makes you happy. I still want to see that. I think that's the lineup that should start the fourth quarter. In games like this, it was very disconcerting to see Durant and Clay Thompson both play heavy minutes in the fourth quarter. Nah, heavy might be a little bit strong, but I mean, Clay played Clay played over eight minutes. Durant came in, came came out, and then came in again. But there is no reason for that, especially they were both in. I, I snarked on Twitter that they were both in with 440 remaining when the lead was 20. You can't, unless you legitimately screw up, you shouldn't blow a 20-point lead in four minutes. I mean, even if you just take the whole shot clock down and hand the ball to the ref, you're fine in that sort of a circumstance. So I would like for Kerr to get more faith in those guys. And right now, Damian Jones is on D-League assignment, so you can't play him. But if you can get Looney and and Jones reps instead of, so I talked about that beginning of the fourth lineup, if after a couple minutes, those guys seed to Jones and Looney, even better because you can give them some reps and even you could build a lineup that is somewhat cogent and reflective instead of that garbage when they were throwing out Barajal and either McAdoo or McGee and then Looney at the three. You're not really giving him any experience at something that's relevant to where he's going with that. So 
we'll we'll see. There's still a long time left in the season. The Warriors will hit the halfway point in their game against the Cavs on Monday. It depends on every team. You know, at this point in the year, some teams have had heavier schedules, some teams have not. So that's a long time to figure all this stuff out. But I still want to see that because that that the reason I want that bench-heavy lineup or exclusively bench lineup is because if that lineup can keep their head above water for five minutes a game, you could actually not stagger or minimally stagger the other guys together. And one of the surprises of the Curry-Durant pairing so far is that the team has done well during that time without Draymond. Those are very talented offensive players, but just figuring out the rest of the lineups, I wasn't completely sure. I'm still not completely sure. We still need more of a sample on that. But if Kerr gets more comfortable with those guys together and the Warriors have succeeded at this point now that Zaza Pachulia is playing well. They've succeeded in almost every iteration of the four All-Stars together with someone else. Zaza, Pat McCaw, Iguodala, Sean Livingston, you know, a lot of those different things. And if they can play 35, 40 minutes of those guys together, I think that makes the Warriors pretty close to unstoppable unless those guys get into foul trouble because it puts a lot more strain on the defense when you start staggering them then as long as the other team can put their stuff together they can tactically work their way around it they can survive and we don't know how that's all going to work out Kerr's rotations were a big bugaboo of mine during the finals and the rest of the playoffs so we probably are going to have to wait till then either either way but I want to keep an eye on how he's doing it and I'm fully fully on board with the idea of experimenting trying different things out and seeing what works because never know what you're going to find and the players seem engaged by it as well which is another reason to do it at this point in the year because January in particular is a time when things really drag for the players you get in this kind of monotony of a game almost every other day and opponents can sometimes bounce around especially for the Warriors because they don't care that much about the regular season so you kind of focus on oh who had a good game who had a bad game and things like that but it helps when you have something to play for something that's exciting something that's different and going to these little changes can certainly help that I'm sure JaVale was energized by getting to play a little bit in the fourth quarter he'd been minimized a little bit the last couple of times that was mostly due to matchups but it's great to have him get a little bit more time but before we get into everything else, I want to take a quick moment to tell you about SeatGeek, one of the great sponsors of Locked On Warriors and an excellent way to both buy and sell tickets to whatever event it is that you want to go to or have tickets to, whether that's a Warriors game or another sporting event in the Bay Area or anywhere around the country or a concert. It's a great way that I've actually used it to go to concerts and to go to sporting events. And there are a lot of different reasons to use SeatGeek. I like that it is an aggregator, so they bring a bunch of ticket sites together so you don't have to scrounge around the internet to find the best ticket deal. You can find it all at SeatGeek. And also because they have deal score. Deal score is their own metric of trying to figure out what the best combination of ticket quality and ticket price is. And so they are looking through everything and trying to figure out, okay, well, this this is the best deal, and they give you a score. And I know venues really well because I bet I was in the ticket business for years it was how I made a living and so these are venues or let's say like AT&T Park 
where I've been to hundreds of games and I have my own opinions on what's good and what's bad. And what I found was that when I was looking for tickets for myself, for my family, the deal score was just spot on. And for somebody who trusts their own instincts and sometimes has weird preferences, I was very surprised and impressed by the, the quality of their analysis and their analytics. And it can do the same thing for you. So if you want to go to Warriors game, it's wonderful for that concerts, anything you want. And it's great also because using the promo code LO Warriors, you can get $20 off your first purchase. What happens is you go download the free SeatGeek app, you go to the settings tab, enter the promo code LO Warriors for Locked On Warriors. And then when you make your first purchase, they will just send you $20 back. So it's it's an awesome way to do that. You're presumably going to be doing it to go to something anyway. You get $23 and you get to try out an app that is fantastic. So again, you download the SeatGeek app, use the promo code LO Warriors for Locked On Warriors and enjoy. Check it out. Clay had a strange first half because it didn't seem like he was making a big impact on the game offensively. He still had nine points, ended the game with 23 because he was getting good looks in that second half and making them as he usually does. Durant had a relatively quiet 25 points, nine assists, six rebounds. Nice game though for him, just consistent. And then Draymond Green, Eric Malinowski, who writes for Bleacher Report, clued me into this that Draymond is actually really, really close to a weird piece of history of the most double doubles in a season when a player scores fewer than 10 points. So that means it's rebounds and assists. It could theoretically involve blocks, but nobody's Akeem Olajuwon, so that doesn't happen very often. And the record in NBA history in a season is four. That's they only counted since 83-84 in basketball reference, but so we'll use that as the modern NBA. Kid did it twice, and I think one other player did it once, and Draymond's already at three, less than halfway through the season. He came one rebound away from his fourth, so I am going to watch that a little bit just because it's, it's fun. It's fun for me. And the one other piece that I think is important when telling the story of this game happened really early on, completely changed the complexion, which is Zaza Pachulia set a completely fair but hard screen on Kentavious Caldwell-Pope when he was guarding Steph Curry, as KCP pretty much always does when these teams face each other, and KCP hurt his arm. It looked bad in person. It looked, the arm went pretty limp, looked like he was in a lot of pain, didn't come back in the game. The x-ray was negative, but we'll, we'll have to see on that. But the, the impact was immediate and it was massive because Caldwell Pope guards Steph Curry. And as soon as KCP got off the floor, Curry had already looked pretty comfortable. I think he'd already made one or two shots, but he just started shooting a little bit more aggressively. And Caldwell Pope last year did the best job on Curry of anybody other years, it's been Avery Bradley or maybe Patrick Beverly or Danny Green for a short stretch against the Spurs. So getting out of that, getting closer to his comfort zone was certainly helpful for him. And it did also change the defensive matchups because for the most part, Clay guarded Reggie Jackson, which is good because they, they run that high pick and roll all the time with Reggie and Andre Drummond. Clay is more adept at handling that, whether it's a switch or kind of battling around it. And that meant Curry got to guard an even less dangerous player than KCP who's been hitting open shots this year in Stanley Johnson. Stanley Johnson looked okay, but not nearly as good as Contavious Caldwell Pope, who's going to get a boatload of money this summer. So that was a big change that happened that really did affect the game. And we, we, we won't really get to see KCP and Steph go at it again until next season, no matter what, unless he gets traded and he's not going to get traded. So that's a, a sigh of relief, I guess you could say, for Steph because it's one of those good defenders that he doesn't have to deal with again. We'll, he only has to face Avery Bradley one more time. Still, of course, have the Spurs 
twice or three more times. I can't remember how many times they play this season. I think it's only twice more. And that that limits the number of, of people. And Curry has certain players that it seems like given the most trouble, the combination of length and quickness. And people have asked me before to do a podcast on the guys who give certain players the most trouble. I am planning on doing that as part of a mailbag at some point. But KCP is certainly up there for Curry because he combines a lot of these big physical attributes. So the Warriors do not play again until Monday, the big Martin Luther King Day showdown with the Cavs. The players are all really excited to have those, not only to have a day off, but to have a real home day off, no travel whatsoever. And then they'll do, I believe, a practice on Saturday and then a shoot-around-y practice on Sunday because the game is earlier on Monday. It's at 5 p.m. Pacific time, which is super weird, but television is television and it's a holiday, so I'm sure that's how they get around it. But Excited for that. Already have actually recorded what will be Sunday night, Monday morning's episode with uh, Chris Manning of Locked on Cavs. It's a crossover preview and excited about the game. I mean, it's it's a regular season game, so you don't want to go too nuts with it in either direction, but we only get to see the Cavs and Warriors go at it twice a year in the regular season, so got to relish it while you can. So that will be coming out at some point on Sunday. I'm probably going to release it earlier because since the game is, is earlier on Monday, I want to make sure that people get a chance to listen to it. it. It was fun to talk with them. I think it's about a half an hour long. So hope you enjoyed this episode. You can support the show by subscribing to it on whatever podcast player you want, downloading every episode, whether you listen to it or not. I'd love for you to listen, but if you're not going to, that's totally okay for ratings and metrics and all that. It is very good. Also, you can leave a rating, leave a review. Really do appreciate that whenever you do it. And you can also support the show by checking out SeatGeek. It is a great ticket app. I use it all the time myself. And the promo code for this for, for us is so you download the app, you go to the the settings page and there's an add a promo code and it's LO Warriors for locked on warriors. And then you get $20 rebate on your first purchase. So you get to try out an app that I personally use all the time. Again, you get $20 back on your first purchase, which you were probably going to go to anyway, whether that's a sporting event, a concert, whatever you want to do. And so you can do that. It tells them you came from us and you get free money. Excellent. Also, you can check out locked on all the football podcasts. Some teams are in the playoffs. Area teams are not, but they have plenty of stuff going on. Or the Locked On NBA podcast, Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Lots of great material going on in the family. And I also will have a Real Jam Radio podcast that will be out by the time most people listen to this with Kale Chenard of the Atlanta Hawks talking about the Hawks this year. So if you want something by me that is not this, you can check that out. And of course, the Locked On podcast, or sorry, the Dunked On basketball podcast I do Locked On as well. The Dunked On podcast that I do with Nate Duncan, we had the Twitter NBA show last night. So that'll be, that was one episode. Then we're doing a Reddit mailbag, which will be coming out at some point on Friday whenever we get it recorded. So lots of material for me. Also, all my writing is on The Athletic, of course. Probably going to have some stuff for Real Jam and the Sporting News soon, just waiting for the new collective bargaining agreement to come out. And as those of you who know me know, as soon as it comes out and I can digest it, I will do plenty of stuff on the how it affects the Warriors specifically. But I want to wait to have the actual text in my hand before I do that because I, I trust my own interpretations on that better because I can read it. I'm a lawyer. I can read it. So looking forward to that over the next couple weeks. Don't know the exact date yet, but that's enough rambling. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and make it a great day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. 
There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. San Jose Sharks hockey is back, and we've got you covered five days a week at Locked On Sharks. I'm Kyle Demetrius. I'm J.D. Young. Eric Fowl. Together we make sure you're never without your Sharks programming. Will the Sharks make a trade for a right winger? We got you covered. Will Eric Carlson's groin hold up for the entire season? We've got you covered. Whatever happens with Team Teal every day, we've got you covered at Locked On Sharks five days a week on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.